the Business Storytelling Podcast with Christoph Trapp. Available on Google, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and other podcast channels. Want to play it on your iPhone? Just ask Siri to play the Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast. Also available on Alexa. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. Today, I want to talk about affiliate marketing. I have mixed, mixed feelings as it comes to affiliate marketing, uh, but certainly there's a ton of businesses out there that have made it work for them. And so, of course, we want to dive into that topic and see how you can use that strategy or Maybe you choose not to use it. So uh, let's dive in. I got two experts on the line with me today. Uh, Cordred Torcanu, he is uh, actually based in Romania. Uh, he's an all digital marketing agency owner and uh, he, he works on affiliate marketing strategies. Cordred, how are you doing? Hi, uh, Christoph. Thank you for having me. I'm great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for joining us um, a few time zones away. The second guest, uh, today we have two guests, is in the same time zone as I am, uh, Ryan Dozier. He's a digital marketing consultant based in Des Moines. Uh, of course, uh, known Ryan for a number of years, and he uh, certainly is out there uh, sharing knowledge and, and running affiliate marketing s- strategies. Ryan, how's it going? Good, Christoph. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Well, guys, why don't we jump in? Affiliate marketing, you guys are the experts. I'm just the guy asking the questions here for the, for the most part and make, give opinions. Uh, affiliate marketing, what, what is it? What's the high-level definition that, uh, that we can use? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, affiliate marketing, um, basically, it's performance-based marketing, right? So it's companies that will hire affiliates to do marketing work for them instead of in-house, per se. That's kind of how I generalize it. And there's a ton of different niches that you can get into. What are the advantages? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I'm thinking of, and this is why I have mixed feelings about this, guys, is um, you don't do marketing in-house, right? You have other people do it. So, I mean, uh, the advantage is to save money for the company, or why do, why do people, why do companies go down that route? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, just for some of the affiliates that I work with, it's a lot less work on their end, right? They don't have to directly manage us. They don't have to um, spend a lot of their advertising budget. Obviously, they're paying the affiliates on performance-based work. You're not running your own campaigns, and if a campaign fails, then you know the, it fails. There's no, <laughs> you're only paying the affiliates for the results that they drive you. But it's kind of like we're we're moving. Um we're moving the responsibility, I guess, to other people. I mean, right. I mean, quarter, do you ever get, do you ever get feedback from affiliates that that's, they don't want to participate because of that or, 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 uh, is everybody a happy participant? Yeah. As uh, both as an affiliate marketer and vendor, uh, I can tell that, uh, it's just like with any regular digital marketing client or any type of other businesses, affiliates, uh, there are, not not all affiliates are created equal. Like for example, some do have authority in their niche and years of experience. Some have built their brand. They have mailing lists. They have blogs with traffic. Uh, um, others are at beginners. They they are in the startup stage. They 
they uh, don't have a list. They, some of them, or most of them, they even, even don't know that they need a list. They need to build a mailing list and follow up with, with prospects. So I would say that, um, yes, the main advantage for the businesses who are working with affiliates is that they can offer to pay them by click, by lead, or by sale. The most frequent option would be per sale because there is no risk from the vendor side. Mm -hmm. All the risk is put, uh, all the responsibility is put on the affiliate shoulder. Uh, and it's a bit tricky because you have to be very, you have to pay close attention to whom you, you embark on your company as an affiliate. You have to pre-qualify them at the same time, uh, maybe running contests with prizes to, to motivate and stimulate those affiliates is also a great strategy. Some companies do that as well. Does this answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into that a little bit more. So let's say I got a high-performing site, right, or whatever, and I got high-performing blog posts. Um, why? So there's really, I'm thinking of two examples, and, and you guys can correct me where I'm wrong or, or add to it. Uh, so let's say I got a high-performing article that I'm currently not monetizing any other way, right? Um, and then I add some links for affiliate marketing purposes and maybe it works and, and maybe it brings me some money. That kind that makes sense in, in my mind and I've done that before. But how do people decide, how do affiliates decide to participate if they don't have that? If, 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 it, if the model is you do all the work and if it doesn't make us any money, you don't get any money either, right? It used to be the, the whoever came up with the product, the company would take the risk, not the, the affiliate marketer. How, like, we're, walk me through that scenario. How does that work, Ryan? Maybe start us off and then Kodrick can ask, uh, uh, add his scenarios. Yeah, so from a general perspective, you're saying that if I have a high traffic blog or if I work for a high traffic site, and I'm not bringing in any affiliate commissions. You're asking why would the affiliate partner work with us? Is that what the question was? No, what I'm saying is, so in a traditional model, if I have a product, I, I carry the, the risk, right? Okay, I, hire, yeah, yeah. I, I hire a marketing team. I hire whatever, and I pay for it. But in the affiliate model, I'm, to I'm totally, I'm, I'm pushing you guys a little bit on, on the interpretation here. But the affiliate really takes all the risk. Correct. Right. And so what I'm saying is, if I have a high, high, high page, high performing page that doesn't really make any money in the other way, easy decision to do affiliate marketing on that page. Right. Correct. But in but in general, if I have to build it from the ground up, um, why would I take the risk? Why would I blog about a topic that has to do with that product? And I only get paid if somebody buys it, which as far as I'm concerned, I don't even know if it's a good product it could be a crappy product. Right. Like, how do you, uh, how do you mix those two realities? Yeah. So and start, um, basically if you're starting from the ground up, it's, it's all about the trust factor, right? So I know the company that I work for, my boss has personally used all the, we're a big, uh, VPN partner. We're a big Amazon associates partner, all the products that we are now big into, he's used all of them, right? So there's a trust factor there. He's built an audience from day one. He started with YouTube and now we have a high traffic blog. 
And, you know, when you're starting from scratch, I think Cordrew touched on this in the beginning, you really have to build a list, right? It's all about lead magnets and working people through the funnel. So we have a couple free guides, quote unquote, free guides on our site, where obviously you need a name and an email to get the free guide. And then you work them through the funnel, you build trust. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do this. I know Russell Brunson's popular for his soap opera sequence is what he calls it. Um, but to answer your question, you really have to build trust in order to build an audience. And then you down the road, when you build up enough list, your site starts getting more traffic. That's when you start selling the products, in my opinion. So do you, Coder, maybe you can jump in there, yeah. but, but go mm -hmm. ahead. Sure. Yeah. So um, to continue what Ryan has said and come up with my own perspective is obviously um, I start not sure if you know, but I started with affiliate marketing before I got into launching my own products, before I got into blogging and copywriting. And it was back in high school, more than 18 years ago. So the first time I started was was I was noticed that it wasn't competitive like nowadays affiliate marketing was done. Mm, kind of it was a, a rare sport so uh, nowadays when we promote program uh, products or services regardless of the industry myself was a super affiliate of somebody who, who already owns the brand his personal brand has mailing list has a network of connections i wouldn't personally promote something which either i don't trust i don't uh, personally test drive myself and uh, secondly the product isn't confer converting well enough for the vendor uh, you can you can get lucky to onboard a dozen affiliate affiliate marketers who are maybe beginners but those top high-end uh, affiliates are looking beyond the commission rate and conversion rate they, they want just like Ryan mentioned they they need to work with uh, reliable companies who sell trustworthy products and services. Um, but there are some other variables and missing pieces to the puzzle uh, that goes beyond uh, those as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think what I heard you guys say uh, from when Ryan kicked us off, basically... Uh, I mean, you have to build an audience first. So if, if you really want to, so, so if I want to be an affiliate marketer, I mean, I don't, I'm not doing anybody any good if I don't have anybody following me, right? So is that the right. first step for uh, people trying to get into affiliate marketing? Correct. Yeah. And you can do it through an omni-channel approach, right? So my boss started on YouTube. Um, obviously, it's a lot more saturated now and it's so competitive these days, depending on the niche. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just have to start an omni-channel approach and build an audience through different platforms. Yeah, that's that's one way, and that's a long-term uh, game. Definitely, you need to build your personal brand because people buy your energy, buy your knowledge, buy by the way you you make use of that product and the type of results that you reached or uh, the problems, the challenges which you overcome through those solutions which you recommend. That's the first thing people buy from you, the connections, the, the personal connection with that product which you recommend. However, the next question is, okay, I don't have a list. I don't even know how to build one or how to build a personal brand. What you can do is spend one hour at least to uh, test drive the product, the next hour to identify 
the dream customer, the ideal client avatar for that product or service. And the next hour is to quickly create uh, your own list. You can do that for free. You don't need any type of software, Google and social media. There are so many sites there, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So you can grab that list. You can start with initial cold outreach or warm outreach. That's what I would do if I was starting from scratch or if I didn't have uh, any mailing list or, or followers to actually recommend, who already trust me. So you can do it both ways. And guys, I'm going to keep pushing you on this until you uh, convert me. Get it? Ha 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 ha. Marketing, uh -huh. marketing dad jokes. Um, so, but seriously, so if when I, if I were to start a new job, right, you go in and you do or, uh, orientation. In other words, you're learning the company. You get paid for that orientation. They don't go, oh, we'll pay you as soon as you start working. Or if I'm going to even be a little bit more snarkier about it, we will start paying you when you actually produce or mm -hmm. when there's actually results, right? So, so you guys convince me, why would I, as a brand leader or whatever, or, you know, I've established my audience, why would I consider spending an hour review, uh, testing a product unless I'm paid for it? I mean, like, Somebody calls me and they want the feedback on a marketing plan. I don't give them an hour for free, right? Like, why is this different? Like, is the is is the uh, is there gold at the end of the rainbow, or or why why is that? Why should I do it? Well, I think it's all dependent on your risk tolerance, right? So, I mean, when I started getting into this stuff, I had a full time job. I was doing it on the side. Now, if you're starting and you don't have a job, then that's obviously a lot riskier to just go all in and just start affiliate and start to build an audience from scratch. Right. So I think like my risk tolerance isn't very high, so to say. So I would not start this from scratch. I would want to have a job first just as a backing and then start while I had a job. That's kind of how I would view it. Good. And Ryan, talk about your products, your, your projects quickly. So you do, uh, you do affiliate marketing for you're the, affiliate marketer or, or what side of the, the coin do you usually play yeah. on? Yeah. So long story short, uh, I contract for a big uh, DIY tech tutorial, cybersecurity affiliate site is the best way I can describe that. Mm -hmm. um, and I write a ton of content for them. I probably put out, I would say anywhere from four five, six blog posts a week. Um, I manage our social media accounts. I manage our Google ads accounts, our Microsoft advertising accounts. Um, mainly what we do is DIY tech tutorials, DIY tech reviews. So a lot of streaming devices, right? So Amazon fire sticks, mm -hmm. Nvidia shields, Android TV boxes. Uh, that's kind of my day to day. So I'll write reviews on those. We'll do a lot of tutorials. Um, yeah, it's an interesting world. I'll tell you that. And our, one of our biggest partners is a VPN company. Um, so like I said, we're in that cybersecurity niche. So we write a lot about that and that's, that's becoming very popular, uh, and I would I would expect to see more of that here in the near future and beyond. So it's a that's a niche where that actually works, right? Because 
um, you do a, a review or something, and now here's the here's a product that you can buy. Uh, relatively uh, linear conversion, right? I guess. Correct. Yep. And obviously, there's the Amazon Associates program, which I want to say pays depending on the niche you're in. It's like a seven to ten percent affiliate commission, yeah. which isn't great compared to others. Um, I know the VPN niche we're in pays a lot higher commission than that. Than that. Um, but we also work. Uh, I guess, right with some of the, so there's some Android box makers that work directly with us. So we'll get higher commissions rather than just going through Amazon, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I do. Codred, can you bring it home? Ryan got me somewhat convinced, but, but you got to bring it home, man. Why would I, why would I put the hour in for free? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, because we all start working for free. Even when we go to to a regular job, uh, I remember many years ago I submitted some CVs. Not sure if in the US it's called like that. Resumes, yep. yep. So uh, uh, I only got paid thirty days after I started to actually work for free. So the same goes for launching our own products, services, brand, businesses. We break even within months or years. Why should affiliate marketing be different, sincerely? I started with ClickBank, who is uh, probably one of the largest digital marketing marketplace. Uh, Then I got into AdSense and uh, I got paid peanuts. With AdSense, it's similar like with YouTube. You you need to bring a ton of laser-focused traffic. I would rather focus on bringing high-quality leads and prospects and nowadays we focus actually on high-end uh, affiliate offers, products, and services. Those high-ticket uh, items, coaching type of services in the business-to-business industry. So this is my take on that. And obviously, you don't need affiliate marketing. You don't want to take that route. Affiliate marketing, from my experience, is just another opportunity. It's still it's very competitive, and you need to have the skills. The abilities, just like with anything, you need to have clear communication skills, copywriting skills, uh, storytelling abilities. You need to connect with that target audience. You need to understand and use those products and services even better or and or in distinctive ways than the product vendor itself or the service uh, offered itself. And... What I'd like to mention is if you really want to bump your affiliate sales and look at this this, uh, game or these opportunities for the long term, build that mailing list, educate your prospects why they should buy the product, why they shouldn't buy the product, who the product is for, who the product or service is not for, uh, and offer them some uh, very practical... um, relevant highly relevant incentives and gifts ideally it should be custom to their personal uh, situation Uh, some exclusive gifts not those uh, private labor rights type of products that everybody else is uh, is selling or offering so i i look at affiliate marketing just like, like once again hope i don't repeat this too much like my own business, I wouldn't promote something which is not worth uh, the time or the investment or the risk. And I would ensure to put this in the right 
in the in in the face in the front of the right audience, not not spam everyone. And I, I think what I heard both of you guys say uh, in different ways, uh, it doesn't have it's a spectrum, right? So, for yeah. example, if I think about my my blog, authenticstorytelling.net, uh, I I mean I have some affiliate marketing on there. It's by it's a small percentage, but but it is right. There is some on there. Um, so you know you might do it strategically at times, and other times you might try to do something else with your with your uh, strategy. Uh, or like Ryan said, well, I had a job when I started, right? That's the same thing. I mean, you're kind of starting on a uh, spectrum. You're not jumping in 100%, right? You're doing other things as well. I mean, is that a good strategy, I guess, to, to figure out what's the best way to handle that? In my opinion, yeah, or at least from my experience, I would say so, yeah, because uh, you're not, at the end of the day, I mean, you're still getting a paycheck, but you know, if you have the drive and you really want to put in the work, which I think is what it ultimately comes down to, to be a successful affiliate marketer, I would say, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I did it. Yeah, that's a great question. And each person thinks differently. Each person has its own situation. Some may have family, some may have kids, some may be alone. So look at affiliate marketing, just like any type of business, whether you want to enter full-time and go all in, whether you want to, to, Go with the, just one company or maybe affiliate network. Keep your focus. Uh, work at this very strategically. And if you already have a, a, a day job, definitely I wouldn't recommend to, to give up. The main advantage as an affiliate marketer is that the, the only risk is your time. You can do this without actually investing any money. Your time is your most valuable asset. And if you invest that correctly obviously you may want to in the beginning you may want to go with the mentor somebody who's been there done it otherwise the time you invest at the end of the day will cross the line and say okay you learn something but the mistakes you make and the trials and errors and the probably the anxiety and frustration for not making the results most people will quit even before um, the, their first year with the field marketing and probably just with any type of digital business. But the risk is, is less because you don't really need to test the market with the new product. You don't have to test like um, a, a lot, in, at least in the beginning stage, unless you want to and unless you have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh- so one thing, and uh, maybe I don't know what, what Ryan's opinion is on that, is um, other than super early in my career, I don't do any work for free other than for myself. So, so for example, if I'm trying to build my own audience or whatever it might be, um, you know, I, uh, like I, I, I'm not working for anybody else. I'm not testing their things, whatever. But, but I do partner with companies. And um, one thing, and I'd be interested to hear your feedback, is so if you have a lot of people that you're going to work with, uh, it seems like, and I know there's tools out there, Referral Genius, others, uh, and and I'd like to hear your opinions on it, but it sounds like a nightmare to keep track. So if you're working with, you know, all these different companies, um, and let's say you agree to, to uh, just take a cut of what they're selling. How do you keep track? 
And and after that, after you answer that, how can you actually hold them to paying? So, for example, if I'm uh, working with a company in, uh, let's say, in Europe, no offense, code word, but in Easy mm-hmm. Target or, or Asia or wherever, it doesn't make any difference, anywhere other than Iowa, like, even if they don't pay me, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to go to Mumbai and sue them, you know? So what are your what are your thoughts on those two questions, if you can remember them? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the first one was the audiences, right? How do you keep track of who's buying and keep track of who's in what funnel? Is that kind of what I got out of that? Yeah, right, yep. So we use ConvertKit. Uh, I don't – I'm not a big – I don't manage the email side of things. My boss is, is truly, in my opinion, mastered this. Um, but he has a ton of different lists where we have buyers of this product, um, expires of this product, high quality, or I guess warm, hot, however you want to say it, high quality leads, low quality leads. Um, so he has these lists all filtered out. And depending on his email marketing or what his strategy is for that week, he can target the certain lists with different messaging and different emails, depending on who's a buyer of this product, who's not a buyer of this product. Um, so it's, it's pretty easy with these tools nowadays. And there's a ton of them. There's ConvertKit. You can get MailChimp, obviously, ActiveCampaign, whatever. Um, but the tools nowadays, I think, do a great job, at least from what I've used them, of being able to target certain lists. Now, it also helps when you're a big-time affiliate for a company and you're close with some of their executive team and they can send you custom lists that they have internally. Uh, that helps quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's from my perspective in terms of buying the product uh, who we work with has, I believe a 30 day money back guarantee. So when they buy it from us, they're sent right to their support team. If they have issues, we try our best not to deal with support questions and technical questions that gets old very quickly. Um, so that's not really left to us, so to say. All right. Um, how about when it's not linear, right? So I think what you talked about, like with the tracking, that makes sense when it's a direct click through, but we know life is not linear, right? So let's Mm -hmm. say they, and I mean, I've seen that too before. I got affiliate links to my book. So that's, you got to admit it, right? That's a good strategy. Affiliate link to my book. So I get some of that money and then I get the money from the actual book sale on Amazon. Um, But I don't get that credit when people read my article, they see the book and then, uh, you know, they leave and then they go to Amazon later. Uh, How does that work? Or is that just, that's part of, I mean, you, you can't measure it, I guess. Uh, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty technical. I think that's, I'm not big into this side, but that's really dependent on the cookies and how the duration of the the click-through window. Uh, Corda Mm -hmm. could probably invite more insight on that than I could. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because um, I used to to build blogs and then later sell them to Amazon alone. Uh, I know from back in those days, they have a 24-hour window cookie. So anything that the the buyer, the prospect adds to their shopping cart, you will get tracked. So it's very important before you promote anything, like you said, maybe it's from Asia or whatever other countries or Europe, it doesn't matter. You have to really study 
the the company behind that affiliate network. That's why I prefer to work with with the network instead of with the in-house affiliate program because even mm, there are some software companies and great service providers who are just starting their affiliate uh, program, but they don't have in a reliable enough uh, tracking mechanism. So you should be very careful how how they and ask them get on the phone with them and ask about their cookie policies how they track visitors if they pay on the first click because you may have other people who are competing in the same product uh, product or program and they might steal ethically your client because of those cookie policies whether they buy on the first click or on the secondary click or on the last click uh, hope this uh, clarifies the the context a bit, and I sure you. I know you you asked for uh, another question. Not sure yeah, which one. I I think it kind of that was kind of embedded there, but um, good example again. Don't ask two questions at once, um, right? Because yeah. nobody can remember them, including myself. Uh, but. Uh, I mean, it, it's absolutely correct, right? I mean, you got to, how do you keep track? How do you get credit? But at the end of the day, is that, is it not a nightmare for people to keep track of? Or is it just, uh, uh, you just don't work, you only work with a small group of companies as opposed to you have, you know, 100 campaigns? Yeah. So are that, you asking? Yeah, go ahead, Corda. Sorry. So are you asking from an affiliate? perspective right yeah correct exactly yeah well in the beginning there is this just like i started i thought that all if i can build a site with all kinds of products from amazon i would generate more sales but that's not the right way to do that and top affiliate marketers though those who earn thousands and do that for living full time yes they do have 10 their commissions from 10 different companies 10 20 30 but they don't start with all of them at once and how they manage that they they probably they they use a password manager lastpass lastpass is a, is a great example which i recommend um uh, also the way you organize your files like uh, the folders which you use helps with that so it's all up to you how many affiliate programs you can manage, how you can track them, how you can organize your files, because more is less. This is the principle which uh, I use, more is less. Yeah. So sorry, I, vice versa, less less is more, vice versa. No, you're good. Yeah, I, think, less is uh, more. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's all about working with reputable affiliate programs too, because you know, when you're going through a site like ClickBank, typically there's going to be a lot of reputable providers on there. So you know, there's also some companies that may be just dipping their toe in the water, getting into affiliate marketing, who don't have a trusted platform, who don't track cookies correctly. Um, so I think at the end of the day, when you're first getting into this, you really need to analyze a company's affiliate program to make sure that it's credible and you'll get credit for what you do. Yeah, sure. And you have to compare these uh, different vendors different platforms and really test drive uh, whatever it is that they're offer you check back their testimonials so yeah you you do a competitive de uh, detective uh, detective competitive sure. research mm -hmm. and so then the, the other part of the question earlier was actually now that i remember uh 
you don't, uh, there, there's no worries that company don't keep track correctly and don't pay, right? I mean, have you, have you seen any issues with that? I personally don't manage um, that side of things, but I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of that stuff happens, to be honest with you. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about the role of content. Of course, we talk about content creation quite a bit on here, content distribution. Uh, what, what's the role of good content and, and what is good content? Yeah, so I think that's highly dependent on your niche, right? So I guess in my example of the tech and cybersecurity world, good content for us is clear tutorials, clear reviews, uh, pe people that are wanting to install something, set something up. They want step-by-step -step instructions. So in my eyes, that's good content. We do both video tutorials and screenshot tutorials, which a lot of people value in my opinion. Um, and yeah, so device reviews are huge too. I mean, I don't know anyone these days that's going to go out and buy a $100, $200 device without looking at a review on the internet. So in, in my mind, that's, that's what makes quality content. Kodro, do you have any, any additions? Yeah, we as email copywriters and, and uh, content providers, we focus on premium content and multimedia content where we combine text with custom graphics and video is ideal for any type of, of product or service, no matter the niche or the industry. So at the end of the day, good content matters what that exactly means is open for debate based on your vertical and industry. Correct. Interesting discussion, guys. Uh, definitely something worth considering uh, for companies to do. Uh, of course, I, I personally still find the whole thing of shifting the risk very interesting. I guess certain brands can do that. Other brands you have to think about, uh, you know, if, if you want to take the risk for them. But... They're also, I mean, we've seen very, very highly successful affiliate partners out there. Uh, the one that comes to my mind is a travel site. Uh, last year, I think it was reported they made 15 million on affiliate marketing alone. Uh, of course, travel has changed mm -hmm. quite a bit this year, so who knows? But uh, certainly there are examples out there that uh, have shown that it works. Guys, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you sharing your insights. Yeah, thanks, Christoph. And if I could leave two final points about my opinion and what the biggest things about affiliate marketing are, mm -hmm. uh, it, would it. it would definitely be copywriting and building an email list and being able to work people through your funnel. Those, those are the two biggest recommendation points I could, I could give to people. You know, what's interesting about that, too, is uh, email, right? I mean, some of the experts are claiming email is dead, but I would agree it's not dead. It's by far uh, one of the highest performing channels. Uh, Quarter, before we get to you here, uh, any final thoughts and, and whatnot? Ryan, where, where can people find you on the web? Where can they connect and uh, check you out? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn, preferably. Um, I have other social platforms, but preferably LinkedIn would be good. And that's just uh, Ryan-D-O-S-E-R uh, yep. uh, if you want to look for him there. Kodra, uh, any final thoughts and where can people connect with you? Sure. They can Google Kodrut Turkanu. We have a, five, a website which is still in the making. It's in revamping, actually, kodrutturkanu.com. Ideally, they should connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter.
Fantastic. Thank you guys for sharing your insights. Thanks everyone for listening. Everyone wants to move their content from happening to performing, and it's possible. Check out my latest book with the latest tips and tricks and advice on how to establish that content performance culture. It's possible. The book is available at contentperformance.online. Thank you.